Hello everyone, and welcome to Dark Natter, the podcast where we peel off the skin of your favourite works of dark fiction and wear it as a repulsive fleshy suit. Disgusting. I'm getting a bit carried away now. Yeah, a sick man. Just struggling for material. Got to keep this fresh, haven't we? You're a sick bastard. I'm really sorry. I'll edit it out. We'll do a nice, clean, happy one. Ah, who am I kidding? It's horrible. It's all dark, nasty stuff. Ew. Well, yes. Introduce selves. That's what my notes say. We forgot to do that once, but we're clearly getting much more professional. I'm John Richter. And I'm Liam Martin. And together we are... Oh, no, we're not. We're not anything, (laughs) are we? We're just two blokes who like weird horror stuff. Um, Speak for yourself. What, are you, are you, do you not like weird horror stuff? Or are you not a bloke? Speak for both of us. <laughs> okay. Well, it is, I believe, your turn to pitch a dark fiction topic today to me for me to decide whether it is worthy of entry into the illustrious, hallowed, ultra-exclusive Hall of Pain. <laughs> now, what that was... <laughs> We're, today we're talking about Dark Souls. Oh, right, okay. Do. And whenever you speak to a character, an NPC in Dark Souls, they always end with a creepy little chuckle. Even if they're like a nice character yeah. who has no hidden agenda whatsoever, they always just go, oh, yeah, have a good day. <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. And it goes on for ages, some of the laughs. Like really <laughs> self-indulgent laughter. <laughs> No, that wasn't very good. That was, that was a subtle one. I enjoyed. Do it one more. <laughs> right. No, it's I don't. really. Go on, you do. Bringing one. back memories of the game. You do. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> oh, that was Doctor Who, but wasn't it a bit yeah. like on the Simpsons? Imagine if he was in Dark Souls. That'd be a good character to. So have. it's going it's to be an hour of this, basically. Yeah, just just us <laughs> practicing our Dark Souls laughs, experimenting with different laugh styles. Um, well, there you go. Spoiler alert. Of course. We're going to talk. Well, we'll try. I mean, Christ, I don't think we could spoil this if we wanted to. It's so convoluted and complicated. There are Infamously. Hours and hours and hours and pages and pages of lore and just people, the crazy theories about, you know, what it all means. So um, there will be spoilers, but... Equally, it could, could just be, be wrong. Could yeah, be a load of bollocks. The ramblings yeah. of two yeah. buffoons. Well, before we get into that, just to quickly explain for anyone who doesn't know what Dark Souls is. And it's one of those things, isn't it, where from the perspective of two gamers who like these types of games... Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you're pitching this. Yeah. There's, there's a pattern where we establish early on a thing that you're going to keep going back <laughs> uh, to. It's, it works quite well. So yeah. I'm what, in my head, I'm now going, right, I, I've got it. I know he's going to do that later. And yet when you do it, I'll have forgotten and it'll, it'll be uh, a pleasant let's, surprise. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So... Dark Souls feels like one of those, oh, if so, you've been sorry, hiding yeah. under a rock, Yes, you're you, right. you might yeah. not have heard of this game, but lots of people probably haven't heard of it and no. don't have a clue what we're on about. Uh, is, it, is it a niche game? Is it a... It's a it's, I don't even know whether it is a mainstream Yeah, that's what I mean. It, or whether it still qualifies as a bit of a cult thing. It's almost they, on the... They sell millions of copies. Yes. But, but only to weirdos like yeah. us. <laughs> it's basically like every... Weirdo like us buys it. It's an obligatory without exception. Yeah, so 
if you're a bit odd and you like dark things. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, you could say it's ma- it's, it's not mainstream, is it? It might be on the cusp, maybe, of transcending into the full-blown mainstream yeah. with the impending release of another game in the, I'm going to say, series, and we'll explain what this means in a second, where they've actually enlisted the writing talents of George R. R. Martin to help. So he's got very big mainstream pulling yeah. power, and maybe that game, which is Elden Ring, rumoured to be coming out, dead soon, even though no one's heard anything about it other than the original trailer. No. Um, that that could be the one that catapults them into the mainstream, but remains to be seen. So yeah. so when we talk about the series, you might hear the phrase Soulsborne. Yeah. And the reason for that is that there are various games that From Software, Japanese developer, have made. The first four bore the ta- bore the Souls moniker. There was yeah. Demon Souls released in two thousand and nine for the PS three, which we won't really be talking about today because, because we're going to focus on Dark, Dark Souls only. Yeah. The, the trilogy yeah. of the Dark Souls games. Dark Souls came next, also on the PS three, and this time on the Xbox in twenty eleven. There was a subsequent edition, the Prepare to Die edition, that came out in 2012, which was expanded, had some DLC, and it was also on Windows, so PC gamers could play it for the first time. Dark Souls 2, the sequel, spawned in 2014, followed by the Scholar of the First Sin expanded edition in 2015, and then finally Dark Souls 3 came out in 2016 across all formats, this was actually a PS4, so yes, next yeah. moved on to the next generation, followed again by the Fire Fades edition in 2017. And you can get a, the remastered trilogy, all three games in one set for yes. your modern console. That came out in 2018. In the middle of all that, From Software also released Bloodborne, which we've yes. already covered in a separate episode. And most recently, 2019, released Sekiro which yeah. is the samurai, dark samurai tale. Yeah. And the reason people kind of lump all these games together is because they have a very similar mechanic. Yes. You know, they're all considered to be very challenging games, um, hard but fair, where dying in the game actually has consequences. Quite often you lose any experience you've amassed, albeit you can get it back if you manage to get back to the point where you were killed and uh you know retrieve it so it's kind of high stakes gameplay there they all generally you have some sort of like bonfire or something where you rest that to replenish you know your potions and, and whatever yeah and it becomes a challenge between pushing on to make progress and unlock more of the game yeah which you would then bank that progress in effect by reaching another bonfire in the yeah. case of dark souls there's other things in the other games bloodborne is lanterns sakura yeah. is like little statues yeah. effigies but the, they work mechanically in a very yes, similar yeah. way but if you press on you might run out of healing items yeah. it makes you more likely to die you'll be yeah. unfamiliar with the new territory you're pushing into so i love your phrase then high stakes gameplay it's yeah. not just that it's dead hard no it's also punishes you severely for failure and and there's a great thing where when when you fail in other games you're doing really well and and then you might make a mistake and then you die. And I don't know if you do this, but your instinct is to, I kind of really want to rush back in yeah. and get back to where I was. But in Dark Souls, you you can't do that because even the lowliest of enemies, if you're not careful, can kill you. 
Yeah, and, um, it, and it teaches that lesson very harshly very early yeah. on when you do exactly that, because I do exactly the same as you. Ah, I'm annoyed I got killed. I want to completely, quickly erase the memory of that failure because yeah. I feel like a goddamn loser. Yeah. So I'm going to sprint back to the point where I died and Get fix that position. Back and, lo and, be- yeah. and lo and behold, because I'm taking risks and I'm not yeah. approaching the game in a methodical, careful way, I get killed by some poxy little low-level yeah. zombie guy. And- because I forgot one is hidden around a corner and, you know, just, just cracks you in the back whilst you're... Uh- fighting someone else and yeah that that's probably why it would never be a mainstream game because it is very challenging it does require a lot of discipline yeah it's progress by small increments that feel hard-earned and very satisfying when you do achieve it but it is unforgiving And, and you could imagine somebody who you know really only plays video games you know a few times a week doesn't get very long to play they just want to relax and play, take their mind off things, play a you know game of Call of Duty or FIFA or something like that. But this game, to those people, could be seems very frustrating, very unfair. Yeah, hard. And, there's there's words like accessibility get used, and actually, more recently, that's rightly focusing on you know our games catering for people who are hard of hearing or yes, hard, yeah. you know have poor eyesight or a colour blindness, and all of those things should definitely be addressed. In this case, I think accessibility is referring more to just are they so hard that you can't enjoy them just, and it puts you off? Just impenetrable, yeah. yeah. Um, and and actually the trend, in my view, sadly, with From Software games seems to be that they're just having to ramp up that difficulty yeah. every game they release because they're, they're trying to appeal to that sort of masochistic segment yeah. of the market. You, you, you know, we talked about the law, and L-O-R-E, law, and plot of these games, which we'll come back to shortly how that's spawned almost this entire it's, it's basically made careers for people yeah, online yeah. who become full-time dark souls analyzers yeah. dissecting every last image and every last line of story which is incredible really really amazing and yeah. some of them have done a great job of it too yeah um, but there's also it's created jobs for people who make these sort of challenge runs people who are like yeah. I'm going to complete the game without getting hit once so oh, well I'm going to complete all three games without yeah. getting hit once well I'm going to do it with my hands tied I, up my I ass. seem to remember uh, I'll have to check this but I seem to remember back back in the day somebody completing it with like a rock band controller or Just, a guitar hero guitar something like and again that. if you've ever played these games or you know, whether you have or not please trust me that the idea of playing completing this game with a normal controller getting hit lots of times and dying hundreds of times that was hard enough to be honest yeah exactly yeah you just don't know how these people do it but and perhaps that's just one of the component that's common across that entire sort of Soulsborne expanded series and certainly specific to the three Dark Souls games is bosses that are A very very hard to beat and will require lots of attempts and B really impressive spectacles that yeah. are really cool, lots of surprises to spring on you. You never know what you're going to get when you step into that boss room. Well, this is interesting because I want to go back to something you mentioned a minute ago as well, where you, you said uh, satisfying. And when you beat a boss in a, in a Soulsborne game, the feeling of satisfaction, if it's you know your fifth, sixth attempt, and maybe 
your previous attempt, you, you got the boss down to a tiny slither when initially you didn't think you'd ever even be able to do that. Yeah. And when you beat that boss, you know, I, I've personally have been in situations where I'm sweating. Yeah, shaking I'm a shaking, bit. Yeah. Shaking. Stood up. I'm usually stood up by the end because yeah. I've got off the couch to stand up. I'm stood right at pit, like bending down towards the screen, usually shouting swear words <laughs> yeah. into the screen and then celebrating wildly. Or while your long suffering missus watches on thinking, Jesus <laughs> Christ, what, what, is, like, yeah, <laughs> what have I got myself in? <laughs> and but the sense of satisfaction when you do it you're just buzzing aren't you yeah um, ace. And i you, can only imagine this is what you know professional athletes feel on earth i, I reckon um it, it, trumps I, it more professional athletes should get into dark souls agree, <laughs> then they wouldn't yeah. have to bother with all the training they could just retire and enjoy life killing but, on steam and smoke oh god well there you go yeah. <laughs> Come I mean, on. that is the one isn't it that's the one and, it, and it's rightly hailed as the one because yeah. it's, it's like the pinnacle of oh, ah, wow. oh, so good. Well, maybe we'll we'll come back to those dead pair of cheeky chaps later on. I just wanted to touch on. I've, I've mentioned that infamous that dreaded word law. Yes, yeah. So these, I mean, we could spend hours talking about this. Correct, and if you think about. You know who who is going to listen to this? It, hopefully, lots of people. Yeah, um, but you, there may be people who've never played the games and Speak are looking for yourself. <laughs> you hope no one listens to it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, people who've never played the games before and just want to get a bit of a feel for what yep. they're all about, or people who are massive big fans and want a bit yep. of a reminisce. I, I <laughs> they're, would... they're, those are probably massively disappointing right now. Yeah, <laughs> both of which you're going to be displeased <laughs> yeah. with this middle middle of the road uh, <laughs> coverage. So, uh, so I think if you did want a real in-depth analysis of the plot, the story, the lore yes. of the Dark Souls universe, we would urge you to go and delve into the... And it really is like an endless yeah. goldmine, really, of stuff that's out there online, of people who've dissected this to... You know, not just one podcast episode. There's an entire. There is a podcast series dedicated yeah. to that. So it's called Bonfireside Chats, yeah, which I want to give a shout good, out to because yeah, they're ace. I think they're doing a great job. Gary and Cole love their stuff. There's countless YouTube videos yeah. of people, you know, inferring really sort of deep hidden connections between even just like the sort of the backgrounds of certain parts of the game a statue here that might mean something and although a lot of it you could dismiss as kind of wild speculation it does pretty compelling arguments absolutely yeah Uh, well who's the main the main one you would you say I, i i I think I'm right in the main one is a guy called Vati Vidya. Yeah, and I, I, think I would agree, yeah. The last time we talked about him was in our Bloodborne yes, episode, which yeah. come back quite a few months before I played any Dark Souls games properly, because I've only you've been fans of these for years, I've only recently got into them. And I think I was so much of a noob that I mangled the pronunciation of his quite easy to pronounce name, so <laughs> yeah. apologies for that. Um, but yeah, definitely listen to his stuff. And he's got a lovely voice as yeah, well. Yeah, a lovely voice, yeah. Um, but there's some other people, there's a guy called The Ashen Hollow yeah. I was listening to, said it's pretty entertaining and interesting got some good theories there's there's a there's a load of stuff out there that's and worth checking out we won't go into the plot and the lore too much because as you say you know well we, we could spend ages doing it and there are so many people better equipped to do that yeah. than us but one thing i will say is that i think the fact that you can get so much out of you know a simple item description or a simple placement of a statue that is why I'm pitching Dark Souls, you know, one of the reasons why, because it's just incredible how 
how many questions you get from you know from one item description yeah. and it's it, i just think it's genius that what they've done and the the story i've heard and i'm sure you have as well is that the director of i'm going to say the games he actually didn't direct dark souls 2 but he directed the first and the third and he's now the president of the company so he's had his hand in the whole yeah the whole thing he, he Famously, he got on board with the Demon Souls project when it was perceived as a kind of failing project yeah, and yeah. managed to elevate it into this slow burn cult sleeper hit that, you know, made the company a fortune. But Miyazaki said he was trying to create, he read West, he's a Japanese yes, guy, yeah. he read Western fantasy novels, I think he cites The, the Hobbit when he was young and his grasp of English wasn't perfect so he often didn't really understand a lot of what he was reading so he had to kind of fill in the gaps with his own ideas and he wanted to recreate that feeling for the players and that's exactly what it is nailed it so he he allegedly has kind of delved in and removed bits from the game where there's bits of um, exposition or clarification it's like oh no we don't no bin that we don't need to tell them that they can think they can figure that out for themselves or they can speculate on that and it's Perfect, nailed it. And I think we probably, I can't really remember, it was a while ago now when we did the Bloodborne one, but I probably touched on this then. But what I love about it, and it's just the sense of community it's created. Everyone sharing their theories and their ideas and... You know, you spot something that somebody else might not have spotted, or you, you, the group discussions that are going on on Reddit and places like that. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, bonfire side chat, I think, is a great name for it because that's kind of what it feels like. It's like swapping stories and of your own experiences and your own how you've perceived. Uh, so, and it's in game and, oh, use this kind of terrible term, the meta. Yeah. So, in the game, you have the facility to leave messages for other players yes, yeah. or find the messages written by other players who in effect they exist as in a parallel version of the world you're in. So you don't initially encounter the other players, but you might see the, the ghost just yeah. flitting past through a passageway before it disappears yeah. and you can find these messages. So you've got this in-game mechanic, yeah. which is absolutely genius. Yeah. Someone will write, you know, don't go here, it's a trap or yeah. you know, massive fall ahead. Some of them are trolls and uh, but, but even those funny. are quite funny <laughs> yeah they're no. not malicious because they don't give you you know you there's only so much you can there's write f- in these messages finite vocabulary you can't just write your yeah mom, whatever. yeah exactly yeah. which would really ruin it yeah so even the kind of people that are trolling you it's quite humorous because like who do you trust and yeah you know do you trust the message that says there's a secret head or do you trust the other message that's been put a foot behind that message that says don't trust this liar <laughs> yeah. it's quite liar funny. ahead yeah so Brilliant. Yeah, and then great. outside of the game, yeah. as you've rightly said, you've got this whole community online of people that are discussing and theorizing yeah. and Still pointing out deeply day, buried yeah. secrets. Even about the first game, never mind the other yeah. two, the yeah. sequels. The first game, nearly 10 years old, has still got you stuff know, that's been unearthed. There are books about it. There, are, I've got multiple books, you know, about yeah. Dark Souls and... Nerd! <laughs> <laughs> about, you know, theories and... And whatnot, and yeah, even to stay, but the things are still very much up for debate. So, although we won't go in depth into the story to just skate over it, such as it is, in the first game, you are an undead and you awaken locked in a cell in some wretched, forsaken asylum. Yeah, where you're a kind of you look like a kind of desiccated corpse that can you know barely alive or shouldn't be alive. And then some 
knight in shining armour tosses a key down into the cell through a crack in the roof and then promptly buggers off. And what, as you then escape from the asylum and proceed out into the world, Lordran in the first game, the King of Lordran, you find that, in effect, everyone is dead. It's a world of the undead. Everyone there is dead. Although I think there are some living characters who've managed to venture there without Mm. having had to die, but hold, hold that thought. The world is trapped in this cycle of a kind of endless death and renewal. So all of its its undead inhabitants can't permanently die. They die and then reappear at these bonfires. But the more times they die, the closer or the, the further progressed they become along the process called hollowing, which ultimately leads them to go hollow, which means they lose their minds and just become like, barbaric, aggressive mm. monsters, almost like typical zombies, in effect. And lots of the enemies in the games are, in effect, undead that have gone hollow, or certainly in the early stages. Yeah. Well, it, an interesting thing as well, actually, when you first played it, same for me, actually, what did you what did you think about it? Because it initially appears to be a kind of very sort of standard fantasy game, doesn't it? Yeah. Dragons, knights. And... and I think we talked on the Bloodborne episode about how you very kindly bought me a copy because you were so desperate for someone to talk to about yeah. it because you loved it so much. And I was like, this is too hard. Can't be asked with this. Bugger off. And it was only after I got into Bloodborne yeah. that I then went back and played all the Dark Souls games literally in the past few months and absolutely loved them. And uh, well, what, a fool, what a fool. What a fool <laughs> I've been. Oh, sorry. I'll try it again. That's all right. Say, say the thing again. Go on, you pretend you're the Dark Souls um, character. Oh, he doesn't have a voice, so that's easy. <laughs> so <laughs> you've just come up to me. I'm stood in a corner yeah. in some dark cell. You've just come up and I'll go, oh, is that a copy of a video game you've brought for me? Thank you, Hollow Warrior. I'll be sure to play this later. <laughs> what thing? Yeah, that was quite good. I reckon yeah. they, I could get a part in Dark Souls Four with that. Yeah. Peter Serafinovich did it. He did, yeah. You know the the, the comedy comedian yeah. and actor Peter Serafinovich. He liked Dark he, Souls so much. He asked them for a part in the second one, and they gave him one. Oh, this annoys me. This is <laughs> a this is something I've been wanting to get off my chest for a while. Do it when he was on. What's that program? It's like Sunday Breakfast with the guy who used to be on um, Soccer AM. Oh, is it like Kitchen? Something like that. So, so he was on that, kind of promoting dark his you know, oh, was in, in Dark Souls Two, and he's talking about it. And they they kind of I mean I thought they were dicks. They kind of stopped him and they were like, oh. You know that thing in TV where you're not allowed to like, advertise? Yeah. So like, oh, so we just need to make it clear that there are other, you know, video games available. They don't do that with music. Or films. Like albums in films and stuff. Yeah. So how is this any different? It's because there's still this lingering trait to view video games as something other than a piece of art fiction. Yeah. It's to view them as like a... I don't know, like a, a commodity, like a. It's, it's a bit how games used to be reviewed. I mean, you yeah. review video games for a living. They used to be reviewed as like they've got a series of fe- featuring yeah, good sound, yeah. featuring yeah. graphics, instead of just as a game player. Well, I've been meaning to get that off my chest for a while. Tim Lovejoy, if you're listening to this, yeah. you used to be good when you were in the badges, banging goals in Saturday morning with Hell's Bells. And you've gone off here, to be honest. A bit, a bit dull now. You're not going in the Hall of Pain. He probably would get in. <laughs> Maybe fucker else has. Right, anyway, so where were we? Well, I 
unbelievably have stumbled on a half-decent segue. Okay. Which is, why does Dark Souls, which so far, there's an undead element, but has probably sounded like a quite conventional piece of medieval fantasy fiction. Yes, that was what we were talking about. Why are we, darkness-obsessed, blighted, horror weirdos, dead into this? Doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't. The game is known for its... <laughs> Neither does the game. <laughs> Nor this podcast. <laughs> yeah. The game is known for its sense of melancholy and its yes. kind of sad... Very um, sad, yeah. Oh, say that, go on. Very sad. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, they use very mu- music very sparingly yeah. the game largely has no music in it uh, but it does have these little moving passages of sort of haunting mm. ballads that kick in every so often So the whole thing is a, a lovely, beautiful, tragic fantasy. tragic fantasy. But where's the darkness coming from, Liam? Blight Town. Specifically Blight Town. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, this is the thing, though. Same as we um, said for Bloodborne, how initially it appears to be one thing, but then further you delve into it, it becomes something altogether more sinister well disgusting basically yeah same with with dark souls you get to the bosses like the gaping dragon which is just this disgusting dragon that's kind of looks a bit what's the word you would it looks like um a either a gaping wound or even it's got sort of genital connotations and the way it's presented teeth teeth spilling out of its chest where it shouldn't be and the whole thing is horrible but yeah one of the many things Dark Souls is famed for is its sort of clockwork world design. Yes, it's yeah. real intricately interconnected worlds that you, you'll spend, as we talked about earlier, you'll push through to try and make some progress and you'll emerge from some horrible cavern only to find yourself, you've opened a door and you're back at the start again, yeah, which is yeah. brilliant. A brilliant yeah. feeling of kind of, oh, I've connected everything together and now yeah. I don't have to go through that ordeal ever again. But this interconnectedness also gives it a verticality, yes. which means that rather than proceeding along the game, you tend you find yourself often proceeding down yes. the game into the depths, into the bowels of the, the earth, and literally can, into the depths. Yeah, yeah there's a place called the depths, <laughs> which is where the game of dragon is. But you, so yeah, the depths, as an example, you start off in this, in effect, this wretched, knackered, dilapidated city called the Undead Burg that's full of these hollowed-out former warriors that are just these sad remnants of old knights that are now long, long-hollowed and mad. But as you go further down in the Undead Burg, you eventually end up in the depths, which is sort of like its sewer system. Mm. So you're fighting giant, mutated rats and yeah. even more crazed, hollow folk yeah. who've barely got any, you know, the clothes are just tattered rags. It, I bet you like that, didn't you? Speak <laughs> for yourself, mate. Hey, hey, turned it on me. <laughs> and, and it, it, you know, they haven't yet invented games that smell, but it yeah. feels, this section again feels like it stinks, yeah, like it's a smelly, like fetid, horrible sewer. Yeah, you can almost smell it through the TV screen. Oh, it's like brown and just grubby and grimy, and there's all bits of stuff growing on the walls, and it just, you feel, you feel dirty playing that yeah. section. 
and then you, you might be forgiven for thinking that the depths is the, the lowest point you'll reach. But oh, hell no, because the depths only when you defeat the infamous gaping dragon, which looks like basically looks like a dragon that's lived in a toilet, a sewer for yeah. for a thousand years. This is what would happen if you lobbed a, you know, that same sewer that the turtles came <laughs> yeah. out of, yeah. you chucked a dragon in that. That's and left you... it to ferment for a bit. Yeah. You'd get one of them. So yeah, killing that feels like you've done the world a favour. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I don't know, it's got a key. That's a bit impossible. Yeah. And it lets you into Blight Town. Yeah. Which is what a great name for yeah. a place. And that oh what, give me what are your thoughts on Blight Town, Lou? Well, infamously, it was always the part of the game that was knackered. It was the part of the game that they the actual game couldn't handle. And is that because um, I've played the remastered version? You've played the remastered, so yeah, you've okay. missed out on that. But yeah, it's just a part of the game where, you know, even walking along the, the floor, it'll kill you because it's Poison. you know, poisonous and toxic. And rickety walkways rickety that, like, walkways collapse, that collapse, yeah. And it's really, really hard to navigate because you don't want to fall off to your death. Pestilential you, denizens who are trying to beat you to death with a club and they look yeah, like they've got... Shooting uh, poisonous... Mosque, giant mosquitoes and like yeah. oh yeah yeah those fire breathing spider things that look like they've got kind of like a person's face they're just oh, absolute they're, abominations they're gross yeah so the whole area is rank basically yeah. vile and then you get through the infamous blight turn and I think by the point I played it although I desperately tried to avoid spoilers because even games I sort of don't play. I, I try and avoid spoilers just in case. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I did a decent job, I think, over the years of not blundering into any Dark Souls spoilers. But I, I had picked up a couple of boss names, and yeah. and I'd heard that there was this infamous place called Blight Town. Yeah, but in some ways, that added to it because yeah, when I got there, yeah. I was like, "Oh God, oh no, this it is was, it." It was a place of legend, the place yeah. you'd heard of but never seen. Oh. Um, yeah, and so that's just. Shit all, mate. You know, one example of the darkness within. And obviously, the further you get into the game, as you say... And it doesn't stop there, does it? You no. You get further down. You've got... Um, you go into well, yeah. Quilag's domain. Yeah. And you... that are pretty disgusting. And quite sad, actually. Um, oh, that... Yeah, yeah they've that got bit. a sad song as well. Oh, well, go on. Let's recount that sad bit. Because... If, 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 spoiler alert, but you're already well into spoilers, I guess, by this point. But you... In Blight Town, you find a horrible mound of kind of spider web, yeah. basically like a kind of big shell, and you find a way in. Then you find all these kind of infected people crawling on their f- bellies on the floor with these g- big bulging growths on their backs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you kill them, it hatches a load of kind of leech-like, yeah. and you just, oh, God, I'm, not, I'm just going to ignore them and run away. Um, and then you find yourself in the, the sort of centre of this lair, and you think you're going to fight a big spider, to be honest, that's quite predictable. What you actually get is this beautiful woman took down to the waist yeah. and cue lots of people putting messages in the game like amazing chest ahead, mm. you know, which is somewhat... I actually thing, found but... the lower half more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're oh. too conventional. <laughs> too conventional. And the lower half is a big, is the body of a big spider. But it's got a face, hasn't it? Doesn't the, the body bit have its own face? If I've got that wrong, I apologise, but I'm going to go with it because I like the sound of it. And that's like a sort of a flame-equipped mm. spider, so she's pu- it's puking out yeah. spider lava sick. 
It's slashing you with its limbs. She's attacking you. It's an absolute chaotic frenzy of a boss fight. And you get through it and you think, thank God she's dead. What a horrible monster. Access the next section, her kind of inner sanctum, and you'll find another one of them that's similar, you know, beautiful maiden attached to a spider's body, but it's kind of fused, fused into the wall. Fused into the wall, yeah. And, and you can't understand her. Um... She just, if you click on her to interact with her, she just says, you know, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. But then later, if you go back with a certain ring equipped, I'm pretty sure, it allows you to, you know, commune with monstrosities or whatever. And she's she's blind, and she basically says, oh, dear sister, you know, thank you for looking after me. Is everything okay? Why don't you speak? And she's just been being cared for by the yeah. more able-bodied one. And the reason she attacked you was... Because she's defending her sister, uh, you know, infirm sister who lives in the bowels of the lake. So you'd feel like a right piece of shit when you find (laughs) that out. Massive guilt. And then, uh, well, yeah, it's, again, it was what we talked about, isn't it? It's quite tragic and um, quite sad, but but also disgusting. Yeah, real repulsive. And then you further down, you end up in a lava-based kingdom, which is generally derided as not one of the best parts of the game. I quite liked that like bit. It, I thought it was an you? impressive spectacle, the yeah. flaming red walls everywhere, and some of the boss fights don't really work properly. But you know, No, perhaps. Kind of charming. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have a problem with it. People, I think, go a bit over the top criticising that. Yeah, so I think... We, when we've talked about this in the past, we agree that Dark Souls is at its best when it's coughing up these unexpected, evocative, often repulsive, spectacle yeah. encounters and settings and bosses. Yeah. Dark Souls 2 is often derided for having a more conventional yeah. setting and cast of um, sort of menagerie to fight against in, in simple terms it's like loads of knights loads yeah. of sad old knights in rusted armour which is kind of cool but there's yeah. just maybe too many of them it's sort of like mechanically some of the fights are probably better because it's more of a kind of one-on-one duel you know yeah. against these huge lumbering knights so I, I kind of get that but you and I we do like the spectacle more oh, perhaps yeah. than the actual Mechanics like of I it, wanted more we? Junji Ito stuff than yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and, and I'm sad, with you sad on old knights necessarily. Because even uh, Bloodborne, you know, are some of our favourite bosses were perhaps not ones that you know were as popular with the community. Yeah, the, 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 there does seem to be a trend towards again, maybe it's because it's gamers playing games, yeah. but they like the ones that are very mechanically sound in Bloodborne, like uh, Maria and yes, Gaiman, yeah. which is a, a one-on-one duel, and they're, and they're great, crafted. and they're yeah. great. But I. Prefer. I like fighting a big pile of corpses fused together, yeah. puking on me. Exactly. <laughs> Who um, doesn't? <laughs> and that's not just in games. <laughs> you had a perfect opportunity to say speak for yourself, mate, and re- recycle that gag, but you didn't, which suggests that you also you got where I was coming from there. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's not wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dark Souls 2, maybe from that perspective at its best when it was almost recycling that journey down into mm. the blight town in Dark Souls 2 you, you go down a big sort of brilliantly there's like a well right at the very yeah, beginning yeah. that you can get down if yeah. you can buff up your sort of st- um, health so that you don't die immediately on the fall and that leads you into a place called the gutter Yeah, and that sounds like oh I've, I've reached the bottom This what a shithole this is it's pitch black yeah. and it's full of old monsters and horrible aberrations but of course you can go a step lower and you find yourself in this like 
toxic, luminous green, yeah, soaked, yeah. dark pit called the Black Gulch. Yeah, and we that's... fight the rotten. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, that was good. And I mean, Dark Souls Two is a funny one. I think it's very divisive. I think Dark Souls Two people. It seems to be a now you know retrospectively more people seem to appreciate Dark Souls Two. I a thought bit it was more. great. Um, I enjoyed the... it at the time, but having played it, what you know, two years after the yeah. original, because I'd spent quite a while on the first one. The one thing I will say is. I think I missed, like you said, the kind of disgusting, yeah. horrible stuff. Yeah. And also, I think the game world, it was a bit too... It wasn't the clockwork it type design the, anymore. No. It was kind of like a hub and spoke, sprawling... That's right, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, was a little bit... Every time you kind of got to a dead end, I was always a little bit disappointed that it wasn't yeah. connecting to, oh, it's that back at that bit. So there are a couple of things that I find a bit disappointing about it, but I don't think... It's just not as dark is although the one that i did like was in the um the bit where the where the ship is what's what's that oh, place called? Uh, oh no man's wharf those horrible um scuttling giant monsters that can only be stay in the dark pyromancers apparently are now like petrified of the flame i thought that was quite they creeped me out actually and i loved and i didn't know that that they were speculated as being what almost like cursed pyromancers with an ironic kind of punishment but that is another trope of the series that we perhaps failed to touch on, is this idea that a lot of the enemies are tragic. Not just the regular enemies, because peop- they were used to be people and now they're kind of crazed, mm. bloodthirsty. But some of the bosses are really sad and you yeah. might not find out until long after you've no, killed them. No. I suppose we talked about Quilag and his sister, but that recurs time and again. Sometimes you spend a whole level finding out about a person and then you see them at the end and you're like, oh God, what's become, how did that happen? Yeah. yeah. Other times you kill them and it's only afterwards they that you find out more about I mean, them. As we, yeah, as we just said. Um, so yeah, Dark Souls 2, I think good, but could have done with a, you know. I had very quick, very detailed nerdy aside. You remember the baneful queen? Yes. She's yeah. like a serpent woman with no head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that yeah. room full of poison. You have yeah. to drain the poison in order to yeah. fight her because otherwise it's impossible fight because you're just getting poisoned constantly. I didn't know that. So I, after about a billion goes, <laughs> managed to kill her in the poison. In the poison. Which yeah. in one way is a big achievement. But <laughs> in another way, it's a stupid yeah, yeah, I fuck up. That though, yeah. You did it, though. It's yeah. like a badge. I'll wear it yeah. forever. Poisonous badge. Killed the baneful queen in the poison. Which brings us to Dark Souls 3. Oh, yeah. Now, Why? if you listen to some of the, the, the podcasts we mentioned earlier, which we both love. And not just the, those guys, other community other, yeah. members as well. They seem to really dislike Dark Souls 3. And I think it's almost a problem of knowing too much. Yeah. Because if you if you've got everything figured out and you're looking for some answers, Dark Souls Three doesn't always provide those answers in terms of the lore and the the story. It actually creates a lot of new questions, and so I think a lot of people who you know make a living out of you know really going over the the lore and the just how it all fits together, I think were quite disappointed with Dark Souls Three. Yeah, they thought it was a load of old bollocks, basically. I think yeah, reflecting which on I it. get. Well, having played all of them quite close together yeah. and listened to a lot of this stuff and you know watched a lot of these videos and read online stuff, the feeling I have is that Dark Souls 1 comes out, is heralded as an absolute masterpiece where there's not a single fra- 
fragment of the game that hasn't been carefully considered and oh we're yeah. going to put that item there because that yes, means that yeah. such a body was there once and that links to someone else then that, and, and can I just quickly say and course. the DLC also one of the big questions in some of the sort of backstory answers that yeah like, brilliant well. yeah so, totally agree so yeah carry on oh yeah that might get a mention when we do our favourite boss of the series later yeah. um, and then Dark Souls 2 they made what I think is a brilliant idea of a sequel that's set thousands of years in the future and then that's not even necessarily true so it's you know very sort of deliberately vague and I think a lot of the fans were, they were so, they loved it so much, this, the first game, that they were really sort of on the side of the second one and prepared to trawl it for as much as they could wring out of it. And there just wasn't that much there. And then the the, t- the sort of tone or the, uh, the sentiment seemed to turn a bit gradually against Dark Souls 2, partly for that reason. And then by the time the third one comes out, they're all a bit more sceptical and a bit more, well, this had better answer some questions properly, unlike Dark Souls 2. And then when it just didn't, they were a bit sort of, oh, I'm just pissed off now, that's mm. it, they're, they're just, this is bollocks. And that's a massive generalisation, but that sort of feels like how yeah, they, they landed. As I, I mean, like I said, just to explain what I meant before as well, like sort of knowing too much, because uh, because I, I I read a lot of the the law stuff and I watch the videos, but I I sort of let it wash over me slightly. I'm willing to just cling on to a few little bits here and there, and so Dark Souls three for me it kind of closed things off quite uh, yeah. as well as I wanted it to. Really, here's an example, right, of a of something in Dark Souls three that I really loved and thought was great. Uh, and we veered slightly off track, because no, I think no, the, no, no. the big point we were keen to make is that Dark Souls 3 goes uh, is a glorious return to disgusting, grotesque form. Yes. It's really, really twisted, sick, horrible creature design yeah. and, you know, putrid swamps all over the place. The best in the series. Oh, yeah. some amazing sights in there. Like, if you... If you like weird, horrible art and mm. you would like to spend your day going through, wandering through a, an, an art gallery that would showcase such pieces and you wanted nothing but, you know, a load of Francis Bacon on the walls and all that yeah. kind of stuff, just pick yourself up Dark Souls 1 or 3 and just immerse yourself in some and, and blight. Arguably, especially 3. I'd I say. agree. Yeah. Some real horrible Especially shit with in the there. DLC, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so. One character that's introduced, the, the, the loose premise of Dark Souls 3 is you, as a unkindled one, have to, in the first game, you, in effect, complete a ritual. And in the third game, you're trying to reassemble a group of people that completed the first game. Yeah, so yeah. they're sort of lords, in effect, that yeah. have achieved this um, status, but then... Uh, abdicated their thrones and you're trying to reassemble them or as it pans out kill them all and <laughs> dump the ashes on the thrones but anyway whatever um, and one of these characters that's introduced is old Saint Aldrich of the Deep, the deep yeah. and he's basically you, you gradually realise as you play through the game and you go through this kind of mucky peasant village full of sort of witches and yeah. pitchfork wielding old cripples and so on that they're funneling sacrifices up the road to this higher power which is saint aldrich and by the time you meet aldrich you realize he's this he's very he's worshipped there's a whole cathedral in his yeah. honor there's loads of corrupt priests who are trying to kill yeah. you and sing his praises and he's just a great big fat corpulent 
huge, not just a fat guy, just a blob, just a just, mass, yeah. like a jellyfish, like just a slimy black glob of gluttonous evil, just chowing down on whoever he can get his hands on and gorging himself on their souls. And then you fight him, and there's a, a brilliant twist to that boss fight, which I won't spoil, uh, about how one of the people he's eaten perhaps lingers and then you kill this disgusting blob and you've done the world a favour. So I'm happy with that. That story, that little self-contained story is good enough for me. St. Aldrich of the Deep, disgusting, bloated monstrosity and the whole world, there's a segment of the world that's been subjugated in his service to feed, keep him fed and then you kill him. I don't need any more than, I don't need to go and analyse every last corner of the cathedral. I don't need to speculate on, oh, why is that cleric wearing that coloured robe? And why does that statue there? I don't need all that no, extraneous no. detail. I like overall, it. I like <laughs> yeah. it. And I like that people have really kind of just gone to town looking into it and how it fits into everything. But I don't necessarily need it to fit in. To enjoy it. To enjoy it. I'm quite yeah. happy with, like you said, that overall just... Yeah. Feels great. good, looks good. Cool, yeah. broad strokes. Yeah. It was cool. Let's move on to the next cool thing. <laughs> if you think about it, it probably doesn't make much sense, but whatever. But, it's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Like rule, rule of cool. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. just move on, gloss over it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the same. And speaking of also darkness and disgusting things, probably... That that's probably you. You said that was like your favourite part yeah. of the game, wasn't it? That discovery, just because, and, and all, it is brilliant. Yeah, actually, absolutely, it's, ace. You kind of you need to have played the other games, specifically the first one, to really get that. But um, yeah, I'd say Dark Souls Two is a bit stands out as a bit of an isolated standalone. Yeah, but yeah. Dark Souls One, one and, and Three, three. you could have played play in that order. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, the other one, the Consumed King. Oh. Um, Osiris, I think is called, but yeah, what a piece of work he oh is! Oh my god, that just boss fight, the the law surrounding it is just oh, it's just grotesque. Go on, give and us it, a bit of a description well, of what happens. So basically, he is a kind of it, it's hot, oh, oh Christ! How, what would you kind of say he looks like? He's, he looks like, and maybe it's because of the name, the very evocative name of the Consumed King. He looks like he might have once been a bloke. But he's been distorted and distended into this long-limbed, feral, pink, reptil- half-reptilian. He looks like he's turning into, into a, a dragon, dragon or yeah. he's half-human, half-dragon. That's what he looks like. So he, throughout the the fight, he starts, he, he kind of, he's looking for his son, his baby son, he's, Ocelot. He, he's got a son called Ocelot that he, he's cradling something in his arms. But Which you can't see. So it, so either he's got an invisible baby, yeah, or he's got an imaginary baby. Yeah. Either one is weird and disturbing. And then he's, during the fight while he's trying to pummel you to death, perhaps in defence of this infant, this possibly non-existent infant, he initially sort of trying to soothe it and he's like there there Ocelot don't worry you've got nothing to fear yeah yeah you know and there's actually and then you hear it crying which could be him impersonating it or him imagining it and you somehow yeah and and then you kind of hear him sort of slamming it into the floor or and then he goes into a rage. rage he's asking he's screaming to Ocelot where are you where have you gone why are you hiding 
Then he flies completely off the handle, stops speaking altogether, starts shrieking like a mob, like a beast, and then you kill him, and that's the last you hear of Ocelot. And there was actually cut content, wasn't there? Where it's, which is really dark. Of well, it sounds like he's either eating it or oh yeah, I'm not entirely I, sure. I might, but I might cut it in. I think that's a good idea. Some of the dialogue there, yeah, and it's just. Again, we talk about we like the spectacle of it and the just how what's horrible and yeah. It's, it's well, I guess the the existence of this you know infamously deleted sound file that basically sounds just like makes it even yeah sounds like a crying infant and then it sounds like somebody eating something that's a bit meaty. Yeah. Is he is he supposed to have consumed his own child and yeah. that's why he's called the consumed king and it's a bit of a wordplay. Who knows? Nobody knows. This is a good example of the endless speculation that surrounds these games. But yeah, what a freak show he is. Ah, you ignorant slaves. Finally taken notice, have you? Of the power of my beloved Ocelot, child of dragons. Well, I will not give him up, for he is all that I have. Ah, dear little Ocelot, where have you gone? Are you hiding from me? Come out. Come out. Don't be afraid. You were born a child of dragons. What could you possibly fear? Now, now, show yourself, Ocelot. My dear little Ocelot. defeating him. It's completely optional by the way, yeah. Amazing, yeah. Completely optional, boss. You don't have to encounter this whole section of the game. You could completely completely miss miss it. It's quite hard to find. It's quite hard to get through as well, so you could just sack it off. And then you kill him and without going into minute detail but you basically access a whole huge area of the game that's a fascinating sort of recasts the whole the rest of the game in a different light which is kind of and that bit as well also it's completely sort of the background completely kind of pitch black which i just really creeped me out for some reason yeah it made me feel claustrophobic like i was again really and i was just really worried like what is what's happening what's going to happen and what's what's out there and it turns out yeah like you said it's just this amazing you know that has Huge implications on. We're, we're sort of skating around it. What happens is at the beginning of yeah, the I game. Don't know why yeah, I did. We may as well just tell you. At the beginning of the game, you 
proceed through an area of you know this heaped with gravestones there's so many it's almost like the artist got the gravestone graphic and just went like pace 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 pace, pace, just all over the place but still looks cool you know it's like they've got more corpses than space um and you proceed through there kill a couple of tutorial bad guys and you get your first boss which is ironically a dude in armor but quite a sad sad dude yeah yeah udex gundir and then your reward for killing him is you proceed through a set of gates into this uh a place um, which has other hidden meaning that references back to the first game, but all this, in effect, is this sort of quiet, reflective temple um, to the flame, the worship of the flame, which is going to be a kind of base for most of the game. But to get from there to other areas, you always sort of teleport mm-hmm. using this fire. So, in effect, this place is not directly physically linked to the rest of the game. Mm. This dark place that Liam's talking about, you actually stumble upon it in the physical game Mm. itself. And it's an exact replica of that opening. And as you proceed through it and realise that with all the graves, you're like, well, what the... What's going to happen when I get to the bit with Gundir? Because I've already killed him. And lo and behold, he's there again. And you have to fight him again, beefed up, harder version. And then you think, oh, well, surely it's not going to go to the next... Oh, yeah, Yeah. there's the doors opening, yawning open again. And you find yourself in the same shrine. And it appears to be the past. And And, or the distant future, depending on which way you interpret it. And there's a real twisted bit where you find what... the, The shrine maiden or the firekeeper or whatever you'd call her, she tends to you throughout the game and you go to her for a bit of comfort and level you up and all that stuff you find what appears to be her dead body and you take its eyes and then you can go back to the other version of the shrine and give the woman her own eyes it's real twisted stuff to be honest when you articulate it it sounds a lot worse and did you perform the um, wedding ritual as well that was uh, didn't didn't find that bit I I must admit I I looked this up how to do it because I just I'd heard about this really kind of obscure side quest side quest that that you can do and I just wanted to know whether I could still do it at this stage in the game and it turns out I could and yeah this wedding ritual where you plunge your sword into this woman's face while she's you know either already dead or unconscious on the on a on an altar and and i guess if you've never if you haven't yeah if if you haven't played the game this might just sound like a load of incoherent sort of almost like gory sadistic nonsense and it is which it is which is that's because it is but it the game manages to present it in this very deadly serious tone mm. it feels very meaningful and monumental yeah. and the feeling it gives you is one of real unease and it's very good yeah. it makes you feel uncomfortable but compelled to continue yes. yeah. to see what happens yeah. so that feeling I had as I killed Gundia again and the door opened yeah. I was like I don't know what is going to be in there really, I, I, I have to know but I can't feel really. I don't want to know. Feel well, when really I, dread. When I got into the the untended graves, as I said, I had that feeling where I didn't want to proceed, but I had to proceed. Yeah. And that's why Dark Souls, as well, is I said this for Bloodborne. Or I think Bloodborne is you could consider it a, an actual out and out horror game. But Dark Souls does have elements of horror yeah. to it because it is very suspenseful and it is 
it's, it's just the tension, isn't it? The constant tension. Yeah, gameplay tension, yeah. high stakes gameplay challenging, but also... I'm sure biologically you probably react the same way to playing Dark Souls as you would watching a horror film or yeah. reading something really scary. Your heart races and... Totally agree. You know, you swear, and, and bits like that are, are the perfect example. Yeah, br- brilliant. Um, I'll, I'll do one of the shout out to a horrible boss. Yeah, is the curse rotted great wood, which oh, I yeah. thought was ace. Yeah. So you very quickly you go into a big. You're in that aforementioned sort of rotten peasant village, and there's a load of them gathered in the sort of central square, I guess, or the central courtyard of a what looks like a run-down ruined kind of cathedral. And you think, oh, what are they all here for? They all seem to be worshipping, but I can't see what they're worshipping. And then the big tree that's growing <laughs> up the wall in the corner gets up, yeah. starts plodding towards you. And again, the cliche would be, oh, it's a grand old tree, like the yeah, ants and yeah. all of the rings. But this isn't. This is more like a a, a diseased like, child, isn't like it? Like Rabsy Nesbitt was a tree. Yeah, <laughs> it's got its basically got its balls out, which yeah. are like these tumorous growths <laughs> in between its two roots. And it's like pulling itself up. You know, like when dogs wipe their yes, ass on the yeah, floor. Yeah. It pulls itself. Then sometimes it just curls up into a ball and rolls along the floor. Yeah. Like it's like a simple, like a child, like yeah, a simpleton. Yeah. And then, as if that's not bad enough, you you, you hit it in the ball. Literally hit it in the balls oh, yeah. a few times. Did I say this game was deadly serious? I think this bit is definitely not. And then it has like a tantrum, smashes it, starts stamping on the floor, smashes the floor, and you and the tree and all the peasants plummet down yeah. into this kind of forgotten basement where the tree then opens up like there's like a crack in the tree and a, hu- a giant human arm comes yeah. out of it and starts trying to swat you away. And you're like, what the fuck it's is a, going on here? This is disgusting. Really horrible. And you never find out what that thing is because you kill it and it disappears and it's gone and yeah. whatever was trying to get out of the tree never emerges. But yeah, some good bosses in Ace. Dark Souls Three. Yeah, the more I reflect on it, the more I think Dark Souls Three is brilliant, and I want to play it again. Yeah, but it was hard though, a lot harder than the other two. And uh, the DLC as well is again this. The DLC was heavily criticised by some people. Yeah. But I, I think it. as a spectacle, it's it's it, it way too hard. Some of it, yeah, yeah. some of the enemies really pissed me off. But the um, the setting is the great. Setting though. is great. Both yeah. both of them, I think. The, when the, you go into that kind of village and the painted world of Ariane, yeah, ostensibly like a lovely kind of beautiful snowy wasteland, but then the village is this like oh, yeah. rotten, disgusting, and that's the whole putrid. point. It's got its own cycle going on, basically, where it's sort of rotting away and it needs to be purged, purged with, flame. with flame but some people want to let the rot spread and but all the people that the inhabitants of this place oh, are like they're, they're basically like crow people yeah. but they're all again they're all hunched over diseased vomiting up bile yeah. squawking that this real disgusting plague ridden good boss in that one as well the, oh, the end one hard but, but good I thought he, again that thing about like grotesque but sad was yeah. like they nailed it with that guy you, you go into that basement under yeah. the, the church and there's just this kind of hulking great 
bloke sat in a yeah. throne. And at first you think, oh, he's going to be a tough, big, hulking yeah. guy. But instead, he, he's saying in this really kind of broken Scottish accent, he's like, oh, bring me my flail. Yeah. The flame must have more blood. And he just sits there flagellating himself to sustain this fucked up, yeah. putrid world that he's and created. And it's actually the... Um kind of nun, isn't the it? The nursemaid the character nurse is the real villain of the yeah, piece. Which is, which is great. And then when you finally... So you end up having to fight them both concurrent, simultaneously. Yeah. And she's... Pain the, in the arse. But yeah, she's rock hard. She's the hardest thing yeah. by a mile. He's this... Fe- he can't... He's so bloated that he's yeah. stuck in the chair. He can't... He, so he stands up. He's got and, his and chair stuck to his he back. Can, he can do damage, but it's, again, it's that thing of, like, the uh, cursed, rotted great wood where it's... It's not calculated damage, it's just flailing, isn't it? Yeah, he's tipping over, his. he's got his big bowl full of fire and he's lobbing that at you and screaming. And and it's actually quite easy to... Sorry about that noise. I have a watch that I use for the time, obviously, and for running, because I do a bit of running and I'll be shamelessly trying to ask people for donations to me marathon at the end of the show. And I've set it to, you know, so it tells me how fast I'm going, all that stuff. And then every so often, it just randomly goes, goal, <laughs> buzzes, and, yeah, right. and congratulates me for achieving some sort of goal. But I haven't got any you, step. You've been sat on your I know, exactly. Sat yeah, for two hours. Goal. So I, I can't, I don't understand. But maybe it just loves Dark Souls. Maybe it's saying, you know. Time to wrap it up. You've been talking for an hour. <laughs> well, I think we have kind of, we've gone through... The games, I think we've both been pretty enthusiastic, which makes me think it might get in, but well, we'll, hey, we'll get to that later. Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> You're a prick, mate. <laughs> You're a fucking prick. Well, I was going to put it in, so you said that. Um, Bring me my flail. What about the three games then? Which which one's your favourite? Where do they? How do they rank? Dark Souls is an actual full-blown masterpiece. Yeah. Must be played, even though it took me eight years to get around to it. I regret not doing it eight years ago. Dark Souls 2 is really good. If you enjoy Dark Souls 1, by all means, play it. But Dark Souls... I prefer Dark Souls 3 to 2, mainly because of its enhanced grotesquery. I agree with that, yeah. And and also Dark Souls 1. The reason Dark Souls 1 is the best is because it's got that perfect clockwork world. Yes, Dark Souls yeah. 3 kind of bin that off. It's a bit it, linear. It's got sections that really are kind of well interconnected, but yeah. It doesn't fold. The world itself doesn't fold back in on itself no, in quite so no. satisfying a way. But. I agree with that. Yeah. One, three, and two. Um, what, where does it rank in the actual The Soulsborne, not series? But, oh, it's yeah, hard, isn't it, though? Family because, of games. Because we both, as you know from listening to the episode, love Bloodborne. Like, love it. Well, let me let me take this, because I'm, I'm, I'm pitching. Absolutely. Well. When I played Dark Souls, and I played it over a long period of time, and I actually recommend that to anyone. Take your time with these things. Come back to it, because it's just... I, I just really enjoy doing it that way. But having when I finished Dark Souls, I didn't think anything could. It changed gaming for yeah. me, and it made me look at other games in a whole new way. And everything that kind of followed Dark Souls was judged to a higher standard, and for the most part, well, pretty much every time, it didn't reach those standards. The standards set by Dark Souls, so it's got to be number one, right? Yeah, well, wrong because Bloodborne came, and I can't believe it. 
it's number one for me, Bloodborne. But Dark Souls a very close second. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on that yeah. as well. Because and partly maybe because Bloodborne was my first experience yeah. of the whole let's call it a franchise, and partly because well we'll avoid the spoiler for Bloodborne while this is a Dark Souls episode, but of the way the plot yes. develops and yeah. where it goes thematically. Uh, yeah, I think Bloodborne is the the absolute pinnacle of Miyazaki's work, but Dark Souls is another the two master to, to have created two masterpieces in one lifetime is quite an achievement. And yeah, it just really surprised me that that happened because the original Dark Souls is, as you say, an absolute masterpiece. So it's Bloodborne, Dark Souls, probably Dark Souls three next, maybe. Sekiro, Demon Souls, Dark Souls Two, and I, as yet, haven't played Demon Souls, so I've still got that to enjoy. Um, Sekiro, I, I really did like, but I, I almost we talked about it earlier, didn't we? The difficulty level, yeah. it just I, I basically found a way to kind of cheese my way through the entire of Sekiro without yeah. playing it properly until the very final boss, and I can't do the final <laughs> final boss. And having listened to people or watched people do it, I don't, I can't be asked. It looks right. absolutely rock hard. But at least I got to see everything that yeah. the game had to offer. But it just felt it was just a bit too. It was. It wasn't so hard that it was rewarding and challenging, and it was just too hard. It's like we said earlier, yeah. yeah. Some, there's that thing where it just becomes a bit frustrating. Yeah, a bit. and parts of Dark Souls Three got to that level of difficulty, I think, particularly in the DLC. Yeah, I'd agree with that to a lesser extent, I would say. But yeah, I, I, it was getting there, wasn't it? Which makes me just worry a bit about where we're going to get to with Elden Ring, and is yeah. it just? Gonna but be then this? if it's yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. We we want it to be challenging, but yeah, if they made it. "Quote unquote easy," then it would it would, lo- it would lose something. I definitely, think, definitely, yeah. yeah um, but you just want you just like anything. You just want it to be balanced correctly, fairly balanced. I think. But I do think it's important to stress. Although a lot of gamers seem to like it for this reason, and it's up to them; they can do whatever they want. That's fine, each to their own. I think it's important to Dark Souls is not good because it's hard. It's good because it's atmospheric, moving, mm, yes, tragic. Yeah thrilling, captivating, original, innovative, grotesque and beautiful, all these different things. It, the fact that it's rock hard and is a big achievement to complete it is to me is kind of second, yeah, a long yeah. way down the list of why it's good. I guess the fact that it's hard and you have to be kind of disciplined, as we said earlier, the satisfaction side of it, that's just another thing that makes it the yeah. feeling of satisfaction you get when you you know progress and, and beat a challenging boss is it just makes you feel good it makes you feel satisfied so that's a good thing yeah so hence why it's yeah. caught on and yeah. there's lots of more games that we we now have a whole gaming genre which currently is called souls likes yeah and that yeah. might last we, we, we still have rogue likes don't we which yeah. means yeah. they are like the video game rogue whereas doom clones evolved into first person shooters yeah. Didn't yeah. They? so it'd be interesting to see if it's what they call them in five years ten years if they still exist. I've been playing the King's Field games, by the way. Oh, have you? Yeah. Any good? Painfully slow? I'm kind of enjoying it. Yeah, all right. That's but very interesting. Maybe we'll do an episode on that at some point. I'm up for it. Um, Never played them, obviously, but I'm What about your favourite? To... What's your favourite boss in the whole series before we just get on to whether or not it deserves a place in the Hall of Pain? Um, favourite boss in the series. Honourable mention to Seath the Scaleless, because yeah. this is just an example. Miyazaki, genius. You know, let's have a fantasy game with a dragon in it. Mm, that's a bit boring. Okay, but let's make it a blind albino scaleless dragon who is envious of all the other dragons because they're immortal and he's not. 
So he sells them out, does a deal with mankind or god demigods to kill them all off. Yeah. Then, as a reward, he gets given a dukedom and lives in a massive tall library where he does like, unspeakable experiments on people using crystals. Like, that is, how did he come up with that? That is just so good. He's in it. But the actual boss fight is a bit shit. Yeah. Unfortunately, despite all that cool backstory. So it's not C. I, who's the one that we've already said and, and I intimated he's my favourite boss? Oh, Eldritch. Oh, yeah. I did love Eldritch in Dark Souls 3. I suppose, yeah, that's probably my favourite because, again, because of all the story and the pinnacle. Obviously, can't do a Dark Souls podcast without mentioning the legendary slash infamous Ornstein and Smo, yeah. who probably represent the peak difficulty of the first yeah. game. Albeit, I think what's great about it is that it's a sort of manageable difficulty like if you're if you study it and you're disciplined you care for it can be done but it's fucking hard you yeah. can't make mistakes but it's it's that thing of it is fair it's not cheap yeah it's fair but it's just really hard so that may go that may be my favorite but i i because we're talking about dark stuff oh, here. i didn't mean to steal your thunder get out because ornstein has got a lightning attack jesus See what I did there. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go for Consumed King in the in yeah. the spirit of this podcast. Sicko. Just disgusting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going for. The, uh, def- he's arguably King, yeah. the, almost definitely the darkest. Yeah. The darkest soul, isn't it? If you will. That, uh, that old creep. And what about you? Um, Aldrich. Yeah, it's Aldrich, isn't it? That yeah. fat bastard. <laughs> Two Dark Souls three. Now we're not talking about mechanically, and you know, I just think from a dead cool. Yeah. So there you go. Well, I of course may yet put a dampener in all this enthusiasm by not allowing. I can't even be bothered pretending. It's definitely going in. Yeah. It's a great series. I'm actually sat here now, like the great rotted dead. <laughs> Just to intimidate me, just in case I didn't put it in. (laughs) Just to to remind you what you love about it. This is balls out horror. Balls out horror. I haven't really got my actual balls out, but... He hasn't got them, because that's because they were... Go on, let's go. Let's create some sort of law. I don't know, I was... You gifted them to a a, a kingdom. Is that what you want? I was trying to tie it into Dark Souls okay. a bit. Um, um, I used them to they're, they're link in the flame. That ritual we mentioned, you have to burn instead your balls of, off. <laughs> instead of ringing two bells, it's uh, you have to, <laughs> you have to find <laughs> destroy two balls. Two balls yeah. <laughs> the two balls. <laughs> Where did this come from? The opposite ends of the kingdom. Burn them both, (laughs) lest the evil Liam (laughs) consumed. Anyway, sorry. So there you go. So does it warrant a place or not? It's dead in. It's totally in. Phew. I was worried for a minute. Does it go in the same cell as Bloodborne? Or do they have the next to each other? I think they're next to each other. Or do they not get on? They don't get on. They're like rivals. No, they're, they're, they're rivals. But that's why we put them opposite each yeah, other. Yeah, then sh- Dark Souls can shoot a few arrows yeah. in and Bloodborne would be firing out whatever it is, silver bullets back the other way. Why are you doing this? Wouldn't want to stand in that. <laughs> um, I struggle to end the episode, don't I? I always do this every time. You so, start getting a bit pissed off. Thanks for uh, joining us for another episode. It's been a fun one, hasn't it? This? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed a, it. A Talking one. about one of my favourite games of all time. We've done Silent Hill, 
Sadly, that yeah. was undermined by a fucked microphone. So hopefully well, that won't happen. Who to knows yours. what uh, what foul play awaits? Yeah, fingers crossed it's worked. Cool. We'll have a little discussion about what we should do next. I've got a few ideas. I'm yeah. sure you have too. Send them our way if you've got any out there, listeners. Absolutely. If any of you exist. <laughs> and we will certainly consider them. I'll phrase it a different way. We get very few, very little contact. So if you email us a suggestion, we almost definitely yeah. will do it. So what better incentive? Um, could, yeah, could you can be? basically one person. <laughs> Most people put a poll out and yeah. thousands of people vote. <laughs> one person sending one message. Will 100% guaranteed get a place in the Hall of Pain, yeah. unless it's really crap. I mean, and, and we'd stretch the definition pretty far. Like, Oh, God, yeah. My Little Pony movie, the old one from the 80s, that that's had, got that some that dark horrible, yeah. smooths. The smooths, yeah. disgusting. Care Bears... Care Bears as well. Nicholas, that, that scary, any, any old yeah. shite. Yeah. Just chuck He'll it, probably go with getting more yeah. pain, won't it? Yeah. Um, cool. So on that note. <laughs> on that forward-thinking progressive um, note. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again in your nightmares. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Ashen One, for joining us for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star review or follow us on Twitter at dark underscore natter or Instagram at darknatterpodcast or email us your suggestions to darknatterpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Okay, that's enough of that. Thank you very much. Um, the only other thing for me to plug today is my London Marathon attempt upcoming at the end of April. I am running over a thousand kilometres in training and I'm off the booze and fags for four months. Um, so if you feel that deserves a donation to a great cause, which is St. John Ambulance, who provide absolutely vital first aid training, awareness and su- support services, and please do uh, seek out my Just Giving page. Uh, I will perhaps chuck the link in the show notes. Um, And thank you again for your generosity. See you all next time.